at you live from beautiful, um, responsible distances apart. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. The other guy on the screen would be known as Brook Me Three, and I stole your thunder. That's your full legal given name. I think you've changed your uh, identification by now, right? Yeah, it's actually on my license plate too. <laughs> That's the important thing. Is you, know, right. you got to really give into the brand. Uh, we are powered by the Overtime Podcast Network. I am real FRG on Twitter and Instagram, and like I said, that guy's Brook Me Three on, on uh, also on Twitter and Instagram. Why don't you tell him about what's on today's show, Mister Me? I thought you were going to say tell him about yourself. You know, tell him about yourself. No, I don't want to do uh, that speed at all. Um, the big <laughs> news. Well, we don't really have big news. Dodger Stadium's open for business, but uh, kind of, not really. We'll explain more about that because it's a uh, there's a lot going on there. This is the yeah. what are we calling this? The single most important week of my life <laughs> nothing more Single important, important week could ever, ever happen ever in the history of ever <laughs> uh baseball <laughs> needs to get figured out this week almost 100 percent needs to get figured out this week and uh we're not off to a great start ladies and gentlemen what else do we have we have uh, Dodger Stadium is open for business, but it's not quite really. Uh, we also got to talk about Zoom, 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 and a boom, boom, the most recent uh, Dodgers Zoom party. Uh, we also have to opine and talk about uh, the best trades in, in recent Dodgers history. We'll get more into that later, later into the show. But uh, What are you seeing in the comments, Clint? Uh, I'm seeing that it's uh, Perez 1619's birthday today, which is awesome. What's going oh, on? Oh, my uh, goodness. The star of stage and Twitch. Our only Twitch user. We got a user. birthday. <laughs> and he was supposed to be at Coors Field to see the Dodgers on his birthday. Uh, that sucks. You know, that because of your birthday, we're not seeing the Dodgers today. I blame your uh, birthday. Another birthday. Another birthday today. Our, our homegirl, our friend, Ashley, uh, she turned uh, X amount of years old today on today. That's all I got. But happy birthday, Ashley. Oh, X amount of years old? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, you shouldn't. shouldn't. How, how old people are. I don't, I don't know how old she is. Just look a day over. I don't know. Blankety blank. Anyways, what else you got? <laughs> uh, Neil over on Facebook says it's time for Dodger baseball. Neil, it's not quite time for Dodger baseball. I hate to tell you, but uh, we're a little yeah. behind. Hopefully hopefully soon, but not. But not probably not soon. Uh, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are trying. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We got to talk about what's, uh, what's going on with with the baseball, but do uh, you know, keep going in those comments. We're going to find you guys. We're going to find some stuff. Uh, if you guys have heard anything about the news or the non-news, as Brooke alluded to, uh, you know, today what baseball has kind of sort of come to, uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments. We're going to get to you guys in a bit. But uh, as you said, before we get to the most important week ever this week or this time around, because there seems to be each week is the most important week ever for, for baseball, uh, Dodger Stadium is sort of open for business, but not our business and not baseball, unfortunately. Well, at least not baseball we can see, but it's open to players. It's open to medical staffers, it, it appears. Uh, there are some restrictions that apply, but uh, last week, uh, funny enough, of all people, Chris Taylor, Chris Taylor, CT3 himself, spilled the beans. We can, uh, we can finally get into the stadium uh, the last couple weeks, so that's been good. Nice. Who's all yeah. been going in there? Uh, it's been like me, Seeger, Barnes, JT, uh, DJ, Kenley, Woody, um, Scotty. 
and that's uh, a pretty good crew yeah they got us like they basically got like two to three guys coming at a time for we got like two hour segments nice are you so, guys are you like hitting live off some of those pitchers today was my first time hitting live off uh kenley through today Oh, that's that's a good first one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just what you need. Ease ease back into it with the yeah. Hall of Fame closer. Yeah, exactly. So you uh, you recall that that particular video? Great, great conversation. By the way, uh, I love how much this uh, this quarantine quarantine has made you know Ross Stripling like an expert interviewer or interviewee if you want to be fancy about it. But uh, you know, right off the bat. You got CT3 talking about how he's happy being at the stadium with him, JT Seegers there, Kenley, all these players. And apparently he had just faced off, uh, you know, just faced live pitching against Kenley Jansen, like, you know, Hall of Famer in in uh, Stripling's eyes. But, uh, you know, great stuff from Strip. Live at the Sunset Strip that comes, uh, they, well, I think they go live every Friday on the Instagram, uh, Dodgers Instagram. But, you know, it, it, it was pretty cool to kind of get that because you, you – <laughs> that's what I feel – like this off season, this extended off season has been. It's just been this roller coaster of all right, we're gonna get it. It's just, this is gonna happen, and then it's like, oh no, it's just, this is not gonna happen. But right, uh, yeah, I don't know where where are you at? Where were you at with that? Like in terms of the emotion, and now relating it to today. Uh, when I saw that they had like officially opened up Dodger Stadium or whatever they wanted to call it, I thought it was interesting that they didn't really address the fact that players have already talked about actually being at the stadium seems yeah. strange to me that no one said anything <laughs> about that but they're like all right well i guess we're going that route but they're like it's only medical purposes there's only rehab purposes um, allegedly and, and obviously today there was the big press conference about dodger stadium being a coronavirus testing facility like the biggest in the world country or whatever with that being said uh i i got excited because I was like, when I heard Taylor was specifically taking batting practice, live batting practice against Kenley, in my mind, I was like, that's a really good sign. Like, that means they're oh, ramping yeah. players back up. That means they have a good idea of things that are, if if a deal is able to sh- evolve, show up or whatever, that that means that things are going to get rolling quickly. So once they agree to it, things are going to start moving really fast. Baseball's going to get going again. Today was not so encouraging and made me feel no. a little bit worse. Uh, no, a lot worse. I, I'm sad. Uh, my official statement yeah. is I'm sad. <laughs> I know we saw it on Twitter, but uh, you know, before one last little note before we get into the topic of, of whether or not baseball can actually happen in, in 2020, uh, at least there was a positive note that the Dodgers aren't going to be furloughing or laying off any of their players, something apparently the what you, you like to call them the $2 billion angels can't do. But that I mean that's that's something that that's uh you'd like your ball club to do. You'd like to see that you feel good about your ball club yeah. not getting rid of any of their staffers. You know, just cuz you're on bad times doesn't mean you could just change things or you know, <laughs> furlough or whatever the hell it is, cut people's days, hours, time, whatever it may be. So right. good on the Dodgers for for being um being responsible with you know their assets and employees. Uh the one thing is there will be some pay cuts for people that make a lot of money. Uh, what is it, seventy five k and over? Um, right. You know, chump change, I guess. But uh, you know, pretty cool. Uh, that that's uh, 
Good on you, Dodgers. We're proud of you. I think they're one of the they're one of the few big league teams too who have been pretty open yeah. about their executives and their higher ups taking larger pay cuts than everybody else. I, I, I think mm-hmm. only the Nationals are the other team that have publicly come out and given like exact percentages. I think their executives are taking like a thirty or twenty percent pay cut. But it's cool to see that they're doing it to make sure people can still keep their jobs. I know Artie Moreno is yep. worth like a lot of money, and he's just deciding not to pay people, which is fantastic. Um, the A's are a, worth about half of what the Angels are, and they're a team that just furloughed all their all their staff. So it's like yeah. the A's you kind of get, not, still not really, but the Angels, uh, you know, I don't usually talk trash on the Angels. I don't. That's too easy for me. But this week, I'm I'm taking shots at the Angels. I don't appreciate that. That's that's a low blow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if. It's worth like uh, it's open season on Anaheim. That's a hundred percent allowed. We're gonna uh, give you that because why not? You get money because they're not spending any of it. But uh, the big news from today that again, like we said, even last week, we're sure a lot of this is gonna keep changing and you know uh, hopefully turn into something good or bad or just, I mean either just let us know if baseball is not gonna happen at this point, guys, so we can stop and. And uh, just give up on life for for a few months, but um, yeah, baseball seems to be kind of on death's door. That that was the general consensus of of today. The money, money's a bitch. That's just <laughs> that, I think that's the title of this episode, man. Money is a bitch. So, mm. what was it they're going with? A they're calling it a sliding pay scale, yeah, or something I, like I, that. I think. Uh... <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird. Like we we want to try. We do. I can't say we do our best, but we try to find a, a, a positive way to spin these things. We want to feel happy after doing these shows, especially you know now that we all you know me, you, and Gary can't get together and go get tacos after it at least for a, a little while longer. But uh, you you see this and you see like the, the the former players who they're the most outspoken. You know, thankfully. Uh, people like Ian or Blake Snell, not Ian Snell. Blake Snell have shut up, except for you know uh, signing a new contract with uh, Scott Boris. Which <laughs> Boris saw him on Twitch and was like, "Oh, money, 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 money." <laughs> I think that's the way uh, that that uh, relationship goes. But I, I I like the take. I don't. Know, I can't say I like the take, but I I can kind of see the take of it seems like. They're trying to pit the the union. They're trying to pit players against one another with this thing because the players that make the the, the players, the major league players that make the least amount of money, stand to get the closest to their you know originally agreed upon prorated salary. And players that make big money are getting dirt pre you know like like arbitration first second year arb numbers for a Kike Hernandez type player or something like that. It's just it's not. Um, I can't say it's not fair because it's, it's millions of dollars. But when you're looking at what is that like seven, eight million instead of thirty some odd million, that that's a pretty stark contrast. Yeah, I mean, just you know, you said it. We talked about it. When it comes down to money, things get really messy. And I think mm-hmm. we had kind of anticipated that it was going to be something like this. But you know, looking back at the comments, I saw uh, Mr. Tim Rogers is in here. And he was saying, you know, it's negotiations right now. They will play. I'm still, you know, I still hold on to hope that they're going to figure things out. I still think this is one of those things where it's they're going to bring their initial assessment, their initial proposal, and the two sides are going to come together at some point. There's too much to lose for them to not play at this point. 
I will real. say that those numbers that they showed of the proposed money versus what they were expecting mm-hmm. it's pretty drastic um so yeah. when you when you start considering financials like that and how far apart the two sides are it does make me a little nervous i'm hopeful still i'm hopeful that they'll come together and they'll negotiate better and it, it'll just overall be a better deal but man it, it really does get messy when it's all when it's involving money yeah, Passon uh, tweeted out the numbers, and I have that that up on the screen right now. So, looking on the right side of the screens for those uh, those who are, are watching, uh, you know the prorated amount. So the max of, of thirty five million would have been seventeen point seven million. Apparently this year, well that's all the way down to seven point eight four million dollars. So that is, again, if you were expecting to make thirty five mil in in twenty twenty, and you're going to make only that. Oh, I use only very liberally here. It's pretty wild, and and you know somebody like like uh, Bellinger who just signed this you know huge uh, first year arbitration deal eleven what eleven point nine five or something like that. He might get just over three million. So that's you, you, they put all this time, they put all this effort, they put all this work into doing this and getting here, and then that happens. It, not at the fault of the owners, not at the fault of them, but at some point, you know the owners. They, they they do have an abundance of money. They can kind of foot the bill a little bit. You think here, you know, for the sake of of your sport in the long term. And that's what it is. It's like looking at this long term, this continues to look just exceptionally bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if you're considering the next couple of years even, it it makes things tough. Um, the current collecting embargment, collective bargaining agreement is going to expire. And mm-hmm. with that in mind, I just I, I can't see this working out well for both sides. I can't see this playing out in a way that benefits that CBA, especially the yeah. way things are going. At Major League Baseball had every opportunity to get in the good graces of the players union and offer them something decent. And now it seems like they're not doing that. So it it can't play well for the next couple of years. No, no, it it absolutely can't. And if you're going to put all this work and and spill all this cyber ink on this bullshit right now, just to end up if we play again, somehow they get this 82 game season off the off the snide and make something happen. Yeah, like just to lose baseball again by 2022. It's going to happen. Now, there's not a sliver of hope in the world for baseball to go go forward unmolested in a way here right. uh, into you know the the mid 2020s and all that. So, digging into the, to some of the comments here, uh, we got Danny saying, "Pay the players. Owners won't feel a thing. No, they they really. I mean, they will, but ultimately they won't. And it's going to be just so much better, leaps and bounds better for for the long time." Uh, Emmanuel says, how is that 50 50, you know, for somebody making 35 million, they're making less than 75 million a year or 75% of that, you know, how is that fair? And that's the biggest question, or that's, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest thing that, that players are looking at, at least the players that, that have reached this point where they can sign these lucrative deals. You know, you're looking at your Machados, you're looking at your Harpers, you're looking at your, your Kershaw's and all that. It's like, how is this fair to, to me, to my family, to, you know, whatever I may be doing for the community, really, because a lot of that money goes outwards. You look at somebody like JT, who who gives and gives and gives. Right. Even, I mean, the Kershaws as well. So yeah, it's like, how is that fair? And I'm sure that's what's going on. And and Tony Clark just is probably in so far over his head right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously 
there's never been something like this before. They've never had to approach even a like a conversation even close to this before. So for them to be for Major League Baseball to like make it that easy to separate the guys on lower contracts with the guys on ridiculous contract, mm-hmm. it makes it really tough because in these financial in this financial situation it's like if you're making 35 million dollars a year suddenly you're making i don't remember what this is seven like seven million dollars or something crazy and if you're a guy who was making you know one million dollars a year you're still making kind of close to one million dollars a year so yeah when you're when you're splitting apart the players like that which it seems like that's what they're trying to do honestly oh yeah when it when you're splitting them apart like that and you're trying to separate two sides of a player's union which is honestly probably a pretty smart tactic if you're major league baseball you make mm-hmm. it a really weird situation and tony clark is no matter what side he picks on this debate he's wrong like he's not going to be right so they put him in a tough spot because, they really backed him up against the wall on this one but it sounds like they're yeah, just like e- no this is not okay even for the the extremely wealthy players the, the 35 million you know players a year or whatever uh they're still going to get at least eight million. They're, they would still get that kind of money. However, for the younger players, you know, we often look, uh, you know, point to Matt Beatty here on the show. Uh, shout out to Gary. Gary likes bringing up uh, Matt Beatty, <laughs> but um, you know, that's even that. You know, only two hundred. Uh, you know, what was it? I mean, let me put it back on the screen so I could see it again real quick. But yeah, two sixty-two, two hundred sixty-two k. That's like, that's that's world changing. That's life changing. Uh, scratch right there. Believe you me, that is life-changing money right. uh, for the next handful of years that you're smart with it. So it's just like, like there is that divide. I think it was uh, Heyman who was the one who, who mentioned, or no, it wasn't Sherman. Joel Sherman would not post something like that, but John Heyman was talking about, uh, you know, the players, they, some of the players with knowledge of, of the player side of the situation, they see that, that uh, like you're talking about, that divide with there. And it's not even a 50-50 split. You know, it, it's like you got probably 80% of the league going against the other 20 it, at most. You know, not everybody is is on these these massive contracts. So, right, it's just for day one of this and this much of it to spill out. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you saw that that note. I think it was uh, for for MLS or you know some something soccer related. They they very much did not want the athletic to get wind of any of the negotiations going on. Oh yeah, which is kind of funny that the, that the athletic has built that. Um, you know that that uh, rapport already. This right. uh, what a year and a half, two years into their existence uh, or whatever. But you know, <laughs> we see Jim. Jim says this is the opening offer. They're going to negotiate, and that's what you know, like you said, like Tim said. There's going to be negotiations, but for this to be day one of of the open air nego- not open air. We shouldn't know as much as we know, but we do, and that's not even the the full of it. That's not even the whole of what everybody knows. But still, it's it's bad. It's a bad look. And uh, Roach shares your sentiment. Brook me three. I am so 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 sad. Yeah, it. I mean, it. I was really hope. I knew we weren't going to get it, but I was really hoping for an encouraging day. You know, I was hoping for best mm-hmm. case scenario, like they we've agreed to the deal, and you know what, we're going to get ahead of the 2021 CBA. We're just going to agree yeah. to something. Ne- <laughs> like, I had all these high hopes that are obviously not realistic, and I think I probably played it up too much in my head. But I was definitely not hoping for the day that we had because it made me yeah. really feel. For I mean, at least at, at the emotional reaction, the initial reading everything and and thumbing through everything and seeing the comments on everything and watching players react and employees react, things like that. The initial reaction was like, crap, 
we might not have baseball mm-hmm. this year. And I'm still, you know, I'm still one of those uh, roller coaster decision makers day to day. I wake up one day and I'm a 60-40 one way, and then I wake up the other way and I'm a 90-10 the other way. So, yeah, you just never know. Well, now, you know, we're you just know how you dang out. millennials, you dang millennials are. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're so unpredictable. Wearing- I mean, if we're trying to be positive, uh, oh, Leslie's in the stream. She says, "Awesome mustache, Brooke." That's what's so up. there's uh, there's, there's your mustache one. quota for the day. Uh, if we're being positive, I I think uh, everybody has really like grown a lot fonder of Marcus Stroman during all of this. Stro has been uh, yeah. he's been phenomenal on the social media, and and he had a very positive take on it. He says, Pray, "Praying that we do get this figured out and back on the field soon." It's hard to put into words how much I miss baseball. Everybody misses the game, of course, right now. Um, even Joe Davis, who grew up, you know, a, a football guy and even a basketball guy, uh, baseball was not his first love, and and uh, he ended up with this amazing gig, and now he realizes how much, uh, how great of a game baseball is. But um, you know, uh, Stroman says uh, n- nothing compares to that feeling, excitement of going on the mound, that the nausea. Uh, he's craving that, but he says everybody stay positive. You know, just just keep the the good faith daily. And I guess I'm going to try. I'm going to to pretend that I'm going to be positive about this for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> That's probably my best take on it. I'm going to be positive <laughs> until I absolutely have to be negative about it. Does that yeah does that answer your question a little bit more? <laughs> hey, we you and I saw one baseball game this year, and it was good. It was great. It's a good time. We Mo- saw Mookie, Mookie Betts play. <laughs> We saw Mookie Betts play in a Dodgers uniform. We we uh, we got to stand there for the uh, the um, you know national anthem and all that. We got the lineup going the 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 Camelback home opener. We had a good season. <laughs> we saw one. I don't remember if we won. I think we already walked away. But uh, me, I, you, I remember, Tim, we had a good we season. There. We yeah, saw a that's baseball the important game thing. in twenty twenty. <laughs> Uh, sidebarring for a second for anybody uh, questioning Brooks Mike. Sorry, we're doing things a little bit different. We're, we're running without Gary today, and we have some little technical issues. We'll, we'll kind of iron them out a little bit better. Uh, the podcast side is going to sound great, so make sure you guys uh, listen to us again on iTunes or Spotify, <laughs> any of those spots. Mash that heart button on there, <laughs> five stars, through the roof, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so let's find one or two more uh, uh, comments here's, here. Here's a and, here's uh, one from Alfredo that I, I want you to answer. He says, "When do you think the cutoff date is for them to sort it out for any baseball in 2020? Is there a hard cutoff date?" The soft cutoff is probably end of this month. The hard cutoff is is that that first week yep. of uh, like if if we don't have something by the time we uh, are set to go live again next year or next week. Which would be next Monday again. If something happens, we will come back on live. We'll, we'll bust out one of our emergency podcasts, we like to call it. But uh, yeah, next week that that's about it because you need time, especially if they're doing this this eighty game season thing and they don't want to push into you know deep into the winter. Really, they can't deep uh, push deep into the winter. Next week is is really that like ninety nine percent cutoff and. Uh, that also makes us sad. No, I mean that's just the realism of it. You really hope everybody uh, can be adults and, and figure it out. Like like Jeff Passan, I think said at some point last week, he's like, "Who's going to be the adult in the room?" One side needs to be the adult in the room, and you know what? It needs to be the owners. Yeah, I mean they they technically are adults, right? <laughs> Isn't that how that works? 
I mean, everybody but Jock Peterson, uh, if we're talking about all of the whole of baseball, <laughs> Jock Peterson might not fall 100% into that category. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's being, me being unfair. No, it's not me being unfair. Um, I'm sure you clicked that link. I'm trying to Oh, the, to the Dodgers one from Alfredo? Yeah, from Alfredo. Yeah, it's, it's basically it. them uh, confirming the pay cuts for the higher-level employees and – this plan allows us to avoid organization-wide furloughs and to preserve hundreds of jobs. So it's just them confirming what the reports were today, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess you know, another... we never got an official statement from them. On it. it was just all reports. So there you go. It's confirmed. Yeah. At least they also, you know, they reported it They or they confirmed it. That's good on them as well. Right. Because you hate to see them, uh, you know, hate to see these clubs that are like oh one source confirms or whatever like right. like the A's who went hey, A's went gangbusters today it's Dude. like hey minor leaguers you're not getting shit no more they said they said scouts <laughs> fired full time employees <laughs> fired minor leaguers you f- you're gone <laughs> how do you fire like all of the 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 um, talent like evaluators what a week and a half before the draft before the uh, super shortened draft not only that but they made it like very clear to minor leaguers that they're not free agents and they cannot sign with other teams. And I was like, Whoa. and they can't go work anywhere. Yeah. They <laughs> wanted to go. It's so bad. Minor <laughs> leaguers. That's wild, man. It is. That is a, uh, this is a wild time. Yeah. Like this is the type of stuff too. Like as much as the game wants to get players, wants to get kids, I should say into it. This is not the kind of stuff that helps because somebody who has uh, you know a little bit of an uh, intelligence is going to look at what their kid wants to do with their future, and and you know who in their right mind, what good parent would say, yeah, this is the best uh, you know career opportunity for you, son or daughter. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd love to see a you know a lady just caning some dudes <laughs> in the big leagues, but <laughs> who would want to come play? baseball if you know like okay if you're really good you're gonna get a bunch of money up front maybe <laughs> you know that even changed now with this this new draft thing going on right but if not then you're kind of effed in the a until you're good enough to make it to the big leagues and then you're kind of effed in the a again for a few years if you you consider making only half a million dollars being effed in the a um tim rogers makes a good point he said we got to go steal those a's scouts and the a's are have a very good scouting program by the way yeah go take their scouts from them tell them they won't be furloughed perfect yeah that's got to be tough man that's a tough situation that they just put everybody in definitely definitely well i hope we do have a reason to come back on live again later this week and that that reason is is positive or again just Pull, you know, rip off the bandaid, pull the plug, let us know, like, hey, this isn't happening. Give me a definitive answer, one way or another. One way or another, give me a definitive answer. <laughs> it's like, like uh, I don't like this uh, weird part of dating where you don't know. Right. <laughs> you don't Put know if you're on the it. one or if there's, like, three more people out there. In a roaring stadium... Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Moving on, guys. I'm sure a few of you, or a lot of you, or many of you, or none of you, just recently uh, joined us from the most recent Dodgers Zoom party. Uh, 
Definitely not the the A squad in there. We'll say, uh, Alana, bless her heart, she did great with uh, what she had. Um, you know, we love our Dodgers, we love those players, but they were not the most, uh, you know, um, rich in personality folks on the team. That's uh, that's <laughs> that said, my biggest takeaway from the most recent Dodger Zoom party is how the hell did Andrew Friedman? Get one of the, our, our Dodgers Nation T-shirts, and why was he wearing it? I, I was <laughs> very it. confused. I have so many questions. I saw it. I texted you. I was like, "What is happening? How to get one of our shirts?" I don't think he bought this. Did he steal it? <laughs> I have he no idea how he got office. that shirt. But uh, DodgerNation.com/slash/shop, guys. If you want to buy that shirt, it's right there in the top row. Nice shirt. Go. Very comfortable material. But uh, hey, man, we're. Uh, we made it. We made it to the front office. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, we're in the front office. You know, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Now, how do you think I get a get a tryout for the team? Because that's got to be the next logical step, right? When, um, you know, when, when baseball inevitably crumbles, you know the owners are going to do something even more stupid and try to go find people that are willing to play for dirt. So I'm in. there's your shot. I'm in. Ouch. You can hit <laughs> home runs off me. I would love to see you. <laughs> do you need me to, to peg people? I'm all in. Uh, Ooh, I'm more of an Angels pitcher because uh, I suck and I can't hit. So, yeah, give yeah. me a DH. No, nah, I mean I throw you in like the nine hole. I give you that Timmy Lo Castro role. You know, eight hitter in the outfield. Just like you got the wheels, a huge elbow pad, and maybe oh, like yeah. a, yeah, a yeah. knee pad and an ankle pad. You gotta <laughs> have the uh, you gotta have the armadillo, man. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta go. Because that, gotta... that boom, that's areas. Because that's the other thing too. They're gonna have to, you know, get money uh, from sponsors through the players. So you're gonna have to be wearing, let's say, like seventy six <laughs> on your back. Everybody's number seventy six. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Perez will play for dirt. I mean, I'm down. I could be that uh, that Olmedo signs role, <laughs> but like not good. My jersey, my jersey <laughs> just says Estrella on the back. <laughs> Now batting number seventy six, Estrella. <laughs> and I'll be uh, Farmer John on the back of mine. But what was there uh, anything you necessarily enjoyed from that recent call? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know they, they they did their best with whoever that they had. They didn't have like a. I think every Zoom call needs like a character. And, uh, you know, it's been Cody, it's been Kenley, it's been Joe Kelly, it's bounced around a little bit here and there. Kike's kind of funny on those Zoom calls, too. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that guy. They had a bunch of really quiet dudes. And if Ross Stripling is like the room guys, yeah, if Ross Stripling is the the loudest dude on your Zoom call, like he's he's a pretty, (laughs) you know, he's not like a loud spoken dude. He's he's a pretty normal dude. But that Zoom call was definitely Steve Sachs, I will say, is a little bit of a wild card. And, uh, He's got stories, and he wants to tell them, and it doesn't matter what the question he's asked is. He's just got stories to tell. I think my favorite part, he was like, they're asking him a question that has nothing to do with it. He's like, one time I kicked Michael Jordan in the chest, and they were like, what? <laughs> he was like, he was writing. I think I saw him looking down. I'm pretty sure he had a notepad of having, like, his best stories he's on like, there. Oh, don't forget to tell him about that one time I kicked Michael Jordan. Don't forget. <laughs> this is very important. Yeah. Before uh, before Lance Armstrong takes over the uh, the airwaves with his 
latest nightmare of a show or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, Sax was was funny. Sax was interesting. If you enjoy, you know those those uh, those older players, like just hearing how wild it is, like you know just hearing you talk about it, the first thing I thought of was Tim Leary, you yeah, know, uh, accosting Zed. Yeah, we. I mean, players in that era, dude, they're just like a. There's just a different breed of person. So of all the ones that I've met, like I met Ron Say, I've met uh, Tim Leary, obviously. They're just a different breed of people. I, 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 it makes me really want to meet Mike Sosha and learn more about him as a human. I think it's the Tommy factor. It's got to be. It's, it's got to be. It it's just got to be that Lasorda factor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it was. You know, they had to, Saxy had to clean up his, uh, you know, one of his favorite Lasorda stories, which included, you know, a, uh, a dead animal in his bed. <laughs> which is just very and that's spot a clean on story for, for a Lasorda story. The man is wild. Yeah. I barely have a Lasorda story, but I still have to clean it up. Oh yeah, yeah. Yours is solid. I have a couple. We know mine. We got <laughs> Fat Boy Lasorda telling me that I can lose some weight. Essentially, <laughs> thank you, Thomas. I appreciate you. Let's drink some more of your wine, buddy. Biggest motivation <laughs> in life. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, I, I I feel like uh, they're going to be happy to go back to Monday. Maybe just some of the players, some of the people. Couldn't make the uh, the Tuesday call. Huh? You never know what the dealio was, but uh, yeah, we all survived it. <laughs> well, that's what you think. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do they have another one? They do, they still have more scheduled. The Zoom calls? I think they're just going to keep doing it they're until they know. Through. Yeah, until they know there's no baseball, or they're they're going to you know catch and release or whatever the hell it may be. Um, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, we get like you said one of the wild cards. Just get us one wild card. You know, I saw somebody talking about it here in the stream. Uh, you got you got Bueller. Yeah, Jim says you know Walker's worried too much about cussing, so he has to be like real slow and methodical in his responses in these things. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely yeah. watching everything that he says during these things. All right, so this one, um, this one could be fun. This one could be wild. I'm sure uh, Tim. I'm gonna enjoy. Uh, I'm gonna enjoy some of Tim's responses on this. <laughs> <sighs> well, last week we we asked some of uh, some of our fans on Dodgers Nation, some of our people on the Twitter. You know, in in your opinion, not even necessarily in your lifetime. In your opinion, what was the the best trade? What was the most? Uh, it was really what was the big, the greatest trade in Dodgers history. Everybody has their their chance. Everybody has the opportunity to read that and take that the way they want. Uh, I know you took it your way. I read it my way. Everybody has a version of that story. And well, <laughs> Brooke, you kind of got slammed for that story a little bit well, for apparently not being you know a couple centuries old. Listen, it's really hard to judge a trade that you weren't alive for, but I feel like yeah. I deserve some credit here because there was two that I put in there that I was not even a thought of yet and put them in there just so you guys know it takes a lot of deep <laughs> digging and a lot of considering for the long-term effects of a team because that's how i i looked at it like it's not good for your team in the immediate moment but long term people took it differently yeah. a lot well i mean there's both there there's there is the immediate moment there's the long term there's uh well i mean i guess those are really only the two options there's the immediate moment and the long term and, and i guess sort of somewhere caught in the middle is did that win you a championship right and uh and i don't know do you, do you want to we haven't won a championship in a lifetime so 
Oh yeah, yeah. That that is uh, that is kind of on your shoulders, there, I, Chief. I, yeah, that's on me. I will give you my my most unpopular pick from that list because that was this is the one that I got hammered on repeatedly for agreeing with this. Um, I still think that the Yasiel Puig Matt Kemp trade is one of the greatest trades in the history of baseball, let alone the Dodgers. Yeah, many people did not like. I that. I get it. It's a haul. And I understand. I understand. It's a great I haul. Was, yeah, I was. The first time Matt Kemp was traded broke my heart. I was a kid. It mm. devastated me. Made me really sad. I loved Matt Kemp. The second time Matt Kemp was traded, I was like, at first, like, oh, man, like, here's a dude, comes back to L.A., is this great redemption story, becomes an all-star, crushes Archie Bradley, just a great freaking story. Um, and, you know, then he gets traded and then doesn't really do anything, bounces around on minor league contracts and is now on a minor league contract with the Marlins, I think. Mm-hmm. People really didn't like the Yasiel Puig side of it. Uh, I understand that entirely. Like Puig, I think, uh, saved a couple years for us that we didn't necessarily have in the bag. And he definitely brought a lot of fans yeah. to the stadium and definitely re-energized the fan base that was coming out of the McCord era of baseball. I think we owe Puig a yeah, lot no more than he, than he actually gets, uh, a lot more credit than he actually gets. So I understand. Yeah, the worst – the worst part about Puig was that the media hated him because he didn't know what the hell he was doing in his first right. year and a half, two years right. here in in the United States of America, right. where oh, by the way, you're like like Jerry Harrison Jr. told us, you're a millionaire, you're thrown here, you're the right fielder, you're the starting right fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Go play. Here's a bunch of money. Yeah, good luck. Figure you, it you out. Just, <laughs> we know you've you never done this dirt. or had this, but here, figure <laughs> it out. So I, I get it. People love Yasiel Puig. I still love Puig. I would still love to have him back on the team at any point um, under the right circumstances. You got to consider the long-term effects of this trade, though, because you, yeah. you think about, number one, you think about where the players that they traded are now. Puig mm-hmm. is not on the t- on the Reds anymore. He's he's gone and doesn't even ha- he doesn't even have a team right now. Kemp is obviously with the Marlins on a minor league deal. Alex Wood is back with us. Kyle Farmer is the only one who's still there. And yeah, I mean, it's Kyle Farmer's a great dude. We love him, but that's not a guy that you're going to, you know, pull your hair out over not build- trading. <laughs> you're yeah. not building a franchise around Kyle Farmer. No. And we got Homer <laughs> Bailey. So we won the trade. Uh, Legend. We also got Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray. So obviously Jeter Downs leaves in the Mookie best trade, which a lot of people were like, well, if Mookie never plays, then that's a stupid trade. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with that. This has nothing to do with that trade at all. We are talking about this trade where we got Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray. Mm-hmm. By the way, Josiah Gray, a top prospect in our farm system right now, not mm-hmm. to mention the fact that it gave us financial flexibility for the next like five years at least. Yep given the fact that it helped us reset the luxury tax. Oh, there's so many there's so many aspects that go into this trade that make it a steal of a trade. And yeah. I still look I still cannot understand the Reds side of this trade. I still don't get it. I don't know what they were they doing. I don't know what they expected. They wanted to get they desperately wanted to get rid of Homer Bailey. Oh so and bad. Can you blame him? Yeah, you and I mean if you if you're looking at Puig's numbers, uh that's a good guy to to fit into your lineup. Sure, if you're the Reds, he's a guy who's going to sell tickets. They had obviously the gun show between him and uh, Derek Dietrich. Dietrich. So they were like, whatever, you know, we're not going to win a bunch of games, but we're going to put a lot of butts in seats. And I'm sure if you looked at the attendance, there was probably a spike when Big was there. I don't have those numbers, obviously, but I'm sure there was a spike. I mean, it's rough. They were playing the sort of win a weaker NL Central, and it just plainly didn't work. Right. you know, the uh, the immediate return wasn't uh, apparent for the Dodgers. 
and and for people that might not follow as closely as somebody like you and or uh, and I or somebody like Tim would follow right. <laughs> the Dodgers, they're not going to understand the trade as much. You're going to look at it com- exclusively as a salary dump, almost in the way you know there was, you know, the Agon and Matt Kemp coming back to LA trade. That was another one of those. Uh, you know, money dumping more than anything. We didn't really get any any major prospects out of it, but mm. you know, kind of looking at, at some of these other ones. You know, I have I have two two schools of thought on it. I'm gonna uh, and I'll space them out for the fun of it. But oh. um, it, my mine was your number four was my the one that just you know helped in the immediate, and that was Manny Ramirez yep. coming to Los Angeles. The, <laughs> I mean, within weeks, the dude had a, a section in left field. <laughs> How much, uh, you know, was spoken about this dude and what he meant to the club? Think about it. He had almost 400 after being traded to the Dodgers. He was a monster. And he was a monster. He was, yeah, he was unbelievable what he did to that club, helping propel them to, you know, back-to-back, less so in 09, but back-to-back National League Championship Series. He brought that winning mentality to a young team that desperately needed it, a team that was still, you know, uh, they were only two years in the league. You have, you know, Ethier and Russell Martin and James Loney, Billingsley, that, that was the first First year of yep. of uh, Clayton Kershaw in the league, and to get somebody who had has done it, you know, just about done it all uh, between his time with Cleveland and then into Boston, becoming a hero there, winning a couple of of uh, World Series or one one World Series. Yeah, he had only one 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 at that time. That was just a difference maker trade. I mean, there was the small trade before it, the 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 Casey Blake trade, but still that one fully legitimized uh, legitimized the team and and changed. The bravado for the club by by leaps and bounds, and and gave us a shot to to win something. So, yep, that was my in the immediate. So, in your in your opinion, so all right. I mean, obviously, you went with the Jeter Downs, uh, the Jeter Downs trade, the the Kyle Farmer trade is as on on the list. Right. Was that really part of your uh, your personal list? Yeah, I think uh, on my personal list, that was definitely on there. Um, I I still really like the adrian gonzalez trade um mostly mm-hmm. because wait which one <laughs> the, <laughs> to la yeah to la mostly because when you consider what was sent for that package was pretty much nothing none of those guys really did anything um it, it, <laughs> did, did it help i don't know i mean really when you're looking at it and you're looking back at it the dodgers only really got adrian gonzalez in that deal there's, there's not much that came with it unless you want to count beckett's no-no but other than that, he didn't. Shredder he, Punto, man. Shredder Punto. Yeah, yeah. I Come mean, on, Beckett man. provided some starts for us. He was great. Carl Crawford, whenever he was healthy, whenever he was healthy, he was a pretty productive player. He just so happened to mm-hmm. not be healthy, like, ever, like, at any point. So that was a tough one to grade because it's such a huge <laughs> deal that ultimately just includes Adrian Gonzalez. But having Adrian Gonzalez in L.A. was huge. Like, that was a that was a really big difference maker for a fan base. Oh, yeah. Like, it was great timing. It matched up well. I mean, he just felt right in a Dodger uniform. I still miss him. I still wish we had like a really good Gonzo back on our team, but he's doing yeah. well. He's he's healthy and all that. Um, yeah, that, that that's that was the thing I told you about that that Gonzo trade. I was like that one really 
was the stepping stone to this current Dodger team, this right. seven-in-a-row team. That wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for Agon coming to L.A. because no. he he filled a huge gaping hole at first base that the team had for the longest time. It wasn't going to be Jerry Sands, KBO legend, now uh, Nippon legend, who, by the <laughs> way, was part of that trade. So how dare you say we didn't trade anything uh, away? That's the Jerry Sands trade. <laughs> you son of a... Anyway... Um, but yeah, that that trade pulled the fan base kind of back in because it was what? How long after? It was a year, not even a year. It was the same year that Guggenheim took over from the Frank McCord era. It was a flex. And, it was a big time. Yeah, flex. it was. It was like we huge. are capable. <laughs> Ned Coletti is like he wants some money. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, what that eventually meant, and you know what Aegon did for for the club for the longest time, did for the community for the longest time, and and you know ultimately was that stepping stone to first base for for Cody Bellinger and, and all that kind of stuff. Just that that was a, that was a game changer, and ultimately I think will be considered you know definitely the greatest you know team. Uh, cohesive unit in Los Angeles Dodger history, and I know there's gonna be a lot of people that are upset at me about that. You know, when not giving credit to, you know, the the teams with the record-setting infield, the teams that went and played, you know, the Yankees so many times in a row in the World Series and all that. But right. when you look at the the extreme consistency of these these teams uh, against ball clubs that are so much better than they were back then, like these humans are built different now than they were then. Shout out McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no Dodger clubs ever put together this many hundred win seasons right. uh, in such a short amount of time. So you look at that, you look at the competition, and, and you, you look at all that. This is uh, a fantastic era of Dodger baseball. I, I'm not going to get myself into enough trouble and say it's better than them bums, you know, in the <laughs> for, late 40s and 50s doing everything they did. But still, it's pretty phenomenal, and you could kind of think. Adrian Gonzalez uh, for for helping you know set that up, but uh, you know digging into some of the comments here, you got Reggie Smith uh, right off the bat for from Tim Rogers, and uh, I'm going to say both of us weren't alive for that uh, particular era. I don't of remember Dodger that one, baseball. No. Uh, I know how much you know. You look at the back of the baseball card and what Reggie Smith meant to the Dodgers, and that's that's obvious, that's apparent. But um, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that was a good trade. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that I saw pop up uh, in the conversation was uh, Milton Bradley for Ethier. And I think if Ooh, you had traded Milton trade. Bradley for literally anything on earth, it would have been one of the better trades. But the fact that you got yeah. Ethier back, pretty great trade. That one I only saw pop up a few times in the comments on Twitter, maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. But that's a very underrated trade that I think people forget. I think people forget the- that Ethier wasn't just on the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the 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 late mid to late two uh, thousands there, the late aughts. Yep. Man, that was he was he was the man. You know, he got he was that bridge. He was that number three hitter type guy. He was that guy you can plug in anywhere, and he got things done. Even though he couldn't hit left handed pitching. That's okay. Dre Dre Day was just uh, was was a difference maker for sure. They and didn't know being, about platoon hitting yet. <laughs> and that being yeah, well, what do you expect when you got uh. Joe Torrey, I think there was a little bit of Grady Little in there. <laughs> yeah, it makes enough sense. Um, as I say, with that, uh, uh, I, I, I believe that was Ned Coletti's first trade as, as uh, GM of your Los Angeles Dodgers. So that's uh, <clears throat> that's pretty cool. You should have retired. Uh, after that. That's a win. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a win. Rhino, Rhino here on uh, 
uh, YouTube says getting rid of Hector Oliveira. Yeah, just getting rid of him was a phenomenal move. Good move. Uh, we didn't get Kike in that trade. That was the one uh, we got Alex Wood in that trade. And Woody, right. you know, had several seasons being an anchor in that, uh, you know, the back half of, of the rotation. And you got rid of somebody who was a problem child and was not producing. So win-win there. Good trade on uh, little Andrew Friedman. <laughs> Friend of the show, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Let's see. What else you got? Um, Norma can only think of the worst trades, which I think we can talk about that next week because there are some there uh, go. pretty bad trades. That's a good one to bring up. Uh, Tim brings up the Grandall trade, which I think everybody forgets because a lot of people didn't like Yasmani Grandall. But... As much yeah. as you hate to hear it, uh, the best catcher in the league while he was with the Dodgers was probably Yasmani Grandal for very, for a couple of years, actually. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, yeah, they're right there, uh, or at least you know just behind Real Muto. Right. The, it's the fact that Real Muto was out there and was an option, and Grandal mm-hmm. was dropping balls behind the plate. Didn't yeah. time up well, but great trade. <laughs> and as advertised, Tim is is dropping all of the uh, the trades. I think from the last. Maybe 125 years of Dodgers baseball. We appreciate you, Tim Rogers. He's got Baker, uh, you know, uh, Dusty Baker. He's got Burt Hooten. He's got Reggie Smith in there. And they did help uh, win a World Series. But that's not one trade. We're talking about one trade, Timothy. So what up? Just one. <laughs> Threatening the audience now. But, yeah, the Grandall trade, that was the first part of the Matt Kemp trade. So that was um, – those were interesting times. It was like, is it going to be Ethier and it was, or is it going to be Kemp? And yep. uh, for the longest time, it was that. Yeah, was I mean, they unloaded him and his money. Like, oh, yeah, there you go. Tim just said it right now. They unloaded Kemp and his money at the perfect time. Absolutely, they did. It was, I mean, you tried telling that to. I don't remember how old I was back then. I was some age, like a teenager. But three year old was not that age. Three. But it was the perfect time for it, and. uh yeah, you get a you get a good deal out of that. Uh, we have uh, I saw right here Raimundo. Ray says a CT three trade. Yes, that was a haul. It wasn't a franchise altering, but man, was it good. It's a good yeah, trade. D Gordon Classic trade. D Gordon trade is still pay, you know paying dividends for LA. We still have Kike. We still have Austin Barnes. It was a solid trade. You know, Howie Kendrick was was fine in, in Dodger Blue for his time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, there were some uh, some really good trades in, in recent memory, for sure. Uh, I'm sorry that you got severely accosted by the internet. It's for, okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think people assume I'm older than I am on the internet. Um, it might be it might be like the way that I talk. I'm not I'm not really sure. <laughs> you have you have an older cadence on the internet. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what we're gonna. <laughs> but for anybody. For anybody watching this, after we do it live, let us know your uh, your thoughts, your your favorite players, your favorite trades, or even your worst trades. Let us know in the comments below. Where do you rank even the Manny Machado trade in, in all of Dodger lore? Uh, definitely the Hanley Ramirez trade, the Manny Ramirez trade. You got a pair of Ramirez to go through. Uh, there were some fantastic trades recently, and we want to know what you think about them. Uh, with that said, I, w- I decided I want to do something a little bit different here to uh, to end the show. You know, we, we've kind of been uh, teasing at it, you know, introducing a little bit more of our, uh, I mean, I guess this whole show is our personality per se, but, yep. you know, more about us as, as people have been complaining and I've been not pointing out that you are uh, a grainy, blurry brook. <laughs> you, we got to get you some fresh internet over there. Yeah, you know what they say. <laughs> but um, 
you know, borrowing from our friends uh, Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser in their off-air podcast, you know, they, they're, I would say they're more positive than us. That tends yeah, to be their thing. I think uh, just know. in general, Joe Davis is a more positive person than any of us. I'm not very <laughs> positive. You're not very positive. No. We're proud of you for it. Be Thank miserable. <laughs> the 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 uh, the M in me three is for miserable. I don't know. That was that was really a reach. I I tried my best. Yeah. I pulled something together, but we figured we would do something a little bit different. Try the the positive thing for the end of this show. And uh, Brooke, I want to know what you're watching this week. What am I watching this week? Yeah, yeah. Or what have you been watching? What are you and uh, Mrs. Me three? watching on on the television or computer oh, machine oh okay i was very confused at what yeah. the question was um i've actually been <laughs> like watching a- i've been rewatching the office a lot lately which is like a that's kind of like a cop-out but i feel like i ran through all of netflix during quarantine like all the stuff <laughs> worth watching um and i'm back on the office just like the, reasonable. the basic seasons that have uh, steve carell in them because the other ones aren't worth watching at all um yeah. and and I I'm thinking about starting Ozark or Ozarks. I'm not sure what it's called. I was thinking about starting that next because people told me to. Um so uh-huh. if you like it and you think I should watch it, drop it in the comments and maybe I'll listen to you. But maybe I won't because I'm miserable. I, I yeah, I have a number of things that I, I really need to catch up uh, catch up on. I haven't watched any of that. I, I of course I've watched The Office a few times through. Uh I got uh Eaton? Eaton? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name there, but on uh, on YouTube, uh, Eaton Myron, I'm going to assume I'm messing that up, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. We appreciate your comment. He says, uh, Community's pretty good. Didn't watch that one yet. Uh, I was more of a Parks guy, yep. Parks and Rec guy during that time. Uh, for me, to answer the question, since you didn't ask me, thanks. What are you watching? <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, mostly YouTube. Like, my... my uh, my stuff is is easily digestible. I could just walk away after twenty or forty five minutes. But okay. for the greater part, uh, anything Gordon Ramsay, like we're uh, we're in on season three of of uh, Hell on Wheels or yeah, Hell back to Hell on Back in twenty four hours, something like that. Or it is Hell on Wheels. I don't know, but it's it's entertaining watching every single restaurant being the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> every I, I, time I've I've watched like every episode of Hell's Kitchen that's ever happened, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, he hates everything, and I love it so he much. He does. That's why I like. No, him. but what's what's really? I mean, if you watch any of these these uh, you know kind of Reno shows of his, he's it's really weird, and and you know Mrs. Uh, Mrs. FRG tends to bring it up. It's like he's the most like sweetest dude. Uh, when it comes to the people that deserve it, of course, not right. the people that are, are ruining uh, or taking advantage or whatever, even when it comes to the owners. But, yeah, this this particular version of the show, it's 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 different. It's really cool because he you know, he focuses so much on on like the, the strong female leads or or, um, you know, ladies he can help out in, in these restaurants or whatever, yeah. whether it be like sisters that just want to destroy each other or. You know, somebody that just has their head up their ass. It's, uh, you know, which is a good sandwich in his opinion, I think. But (laughs) (laughs) it's always entertaining watching this guy. Um, So, oh, man, look at that. You uh, you are Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah. Gordon hates everything. Brooke hates everything. Perfect match. That's (laughs) spot on. I think we should be buddies. We can hate each other. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, you throw, you throw like an ass. 
Swag Daddy so McGee over on Twitch says Disney Plus has the Rookie and Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year doesn't hold up. And yeah, oh. I don't know if you guys have watched Rookie of the Year lately, but that movie does absolutely not hold up from the last time that you saw it. I can almost guarantee that. That's funny. That's a, that's spot on. <laughs> a terrible. Deborah's rewatching. Uh, Deborah's rewatching Breaking Bad. I have not seen any of the Breaking Bad. You've never either. seen Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's good. I. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any of Game of Thrones. I haven't I seen haven't any. What Game haven't Thrones, I watched? I Basically everything I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of Walking Dead. Oh. Yeah. It gets, I don't, Walking Dead I don't do like the things that one. I have to absorb into. I watched The Office because I was I was like a kid when it premiered. Yeah. So I was able to grow up with these people and watch it. Same with like How I Met Your Mother. I don't get into series anymore because when it's over, it's like a part of you is ripped away. And it's just I'm not into that. Well. Yeah. Life is painful enough. <laughs> you don't want to get attached. I don't want to get attached. Can't hurt you Katie's, if you don't love it. Katie's uh Katie's still rewatching all the Marvel movies because that's all she cares about. Respect. Yes, like uh yeah, we, we throw on uh MCU here and there just for funsies. We recently rewatched uh Ant Man two. Looking forward to the last season of, of uh Agents of Shield coming back on. I hope that it's not terrible because I would like for them to go out with a bang. Is uh you know who doesn't love Clark Gregg and as Agent Coulson? <laughs> Damn it, now we need to watch Avengers again. That's my plan. I'm going to watch just Avengers over and over so I can watch him uh, die and then magically come back to life. Tuesday uh, night plans. A few months later. Tuesday night plans. No, after that I have to edit this. So with that said, guys, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and hit the old wrap it up button. But uh, find us on the internet. We are Dodgers Nation. You can find us at DodgersNation.com. We appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. Subscribe to Blue Heaven. We are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Player FM. Oh, so many more. And while you're at it, while you're on the internet, do subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. Uh, Please, it validates us. It does. I don't feel validated otherwise. <laughs> I'll never be happy. Guys, I am at BrookMe3 on Twitter and Instagram. That guy on the other side of the screen, either on the left or the right, I'm not sure, is at RealFRG on Twitter or Instagram. We are Dodger Nation on Twitter, official Dodgers Nation on Instagram. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for your questions, your comments. Um, I'm not going to thank the production team because it's just you. So, well, I can't. But thank you. I didn't thank make you, you blurry. Thank you for the production. Um, I would like to complain to my internet, etc., we love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. If there's more news this week, you're going to hear from us on Thursday. But if not, we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.